Kentucky guy. Hey, it's me, Donnie Cage. And we are the hosts of Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Between the two of us, I have 25 years of wrestling experience. Amazing, Donnie. Uh, I actually have 30 years, so that's 55 years of wrestling watching experience, which just is amazing. Hey, once again, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, If you're new, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button, no matter where you're listening to us from. Uh, We do drop new episodes here every Monday and Friday, so be sure to check us out on our other episodes. Uh, Donnie and I always have a lot of fun, and uh, we like bringing you guys and involving you into the conversation. We do talk about wrestling, past, present, and future, superstars, and promotions. All right, Donnie, let's get out of here, buddy. Hey, hope you guys enjoy the show. Thanks. And welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm your co-host, the Kentucky Guy, along with Donnie Cage. Hey, Donnie, how are we doing today, sir? I'm great, sir. How are you doing today? Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, looking forward uh, to a great weekend. Uh, what a time, what a time, as I always say, to be a wrestling fan. Uh, folks, if this is your first time joining us, Uh, Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We're on all major networks, including uh, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the list goes on and on. We do drop, uh, do drop, that's actually a wrestler's name. Uh, It is. (laughs) We do drop uh, new episodes uh, every Monday and Friday. Also, uh, Donnie, he is the uh, creator and co-host of uncaged voices uh podcast that is on uh twitch and uh spotify and all major platforms as well also if uh, you ever get a chance and you want to listen to some current news uh i also host the red pill current news podcast uh and we drop new episodes there every wednesday and saturday however i'm doing a special report series and pretty much dropping an episode just about every day but enough about that stuff also, if you want to uh, talk to Donnie or myself uh, or want to be a guest on the show, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's Kentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. All right, Donnie, are you ready to get into some wrestling? I'm always ready to talk wrestling as long as you acknowledge me. <laughs> All right, so uh, so let's just get into some WWE news. Uh, first thing on deck, it looks like during a recent appearance on Witty uh, Whitler podcast, not familiar with that one, uh, Gunther commented on his run in WWE so far, uh, having some creative freedom and more. 
So he was asked, how are you enjoying your time with the WWE? Uh, and he, quote, uh, it's been very good so far. I signed with the company in uh, 2019 for NXT UK. I can't complain. It's been uh, really good, basically from the person I've been before on the independents. I'm still myself. I've always been treated with respect and always had the freedom to be myself or less. Uh, that's the case still to this day. Now, this guy is full of crap because I heard and I read several stories that uh, he was on his way out. He was getting buried by Vince McMahon uh, before Triple H stepped in and took over creative. What have you heard? So I've heard a lot of stories about the the, the, the Ring General. So, take you back a little bit to his time in NXT, or really NXT UK. He was considered one of the best wrestlers on the independent circuit around the world. And he came in with a lot of hype, did great for himself in NXT UK, held the title for over 800 days, if I remember correctly. And they slowly started to transition him into the main NXT brand, which was great. They brought him and Imperium over which was at the time Marcel Bartel and uh, Fabian Eichner. And one of the weirdest things that happened is when he debuted on NXT, or I should say NXT 2.0, got to remember that. Um, they changed his name from Walter to Gunther, which was a weird change. To me, an unnecessary change at the time. I didn't think there was anything wrong with his name, Walter, the ring general. But okay, it became Gunther. Spent a little bit of time in NXT 2.0, and then he was brought up to the main roster. And yes, I did hear this story, that despite being strapped with the Intercontinental Championship, he was going to be buried because Vince McMahon and other members of the creative team, the old regime, had soured on him. I mean, are you kidding me right now? You soured on the ring, General? Come on. Yeah, I heard the same thing. Uh and uh you know, he is uh he's a phenomenal athlete. Uh I, I have to give my props to him. Now on the name change, uh I will say that uh I read his uh biography uh when that first happened because I couldn't figure it out. This was before remember he changed his name before uh Vince started taking away everybody's first name and changing Pete Dunn's name to Butch and all that crap. Uh I read his biography. He actually changed his name himself. Uh, and the reason why is because he said he's done everything possible under the name Walter and wanted a fresh start. I thought that was kind of odd, but that's that's his uh, reason for it. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I agree that he's done everything. I mean, obviously, he had a great reign as the NXT UK champion, but... People knew him under the name Walter, and I kind of was like, I mean, spring Walter to NXT and bring him to the main roster. I mean, there's literally nothing you have to change about his presentation. But, I mean, if he really, in his mind, wanted to evolve and go under a different ring name, then, I mean, that's fine with me if it was really his idea. Although, another uh, rumor that I had heard is when he first underwent the name change, he was supposed to go under the full name Gunther Stark, which if you do a quick Google search, you'll find out that Gunther Stark was actually the name of a World War II era German U-boat captain. 
which is a little bit problematic uh, going by that name in the present day. Yeah, it would have never worked in this woke society that we live in now. Um, so speaking of the uh, WWE uh, NXT UK, uh, they are actually going to be put on hiatus until 2023. Uh, the brand is supposedly sometime in the late 2023 uh, is reportedly going to be relaunched as NXT Europe. Now, they've already released uh, several, and I mean several, uh, superstars. And I, I've got a list here, and I'll go over them real quick. Uh, but on the, on the positive side, there are, um, there are many of the U.K. wrestlers, not many, but there's a few, the good ones, that are actually coming over to the United States in the near future to make appearances on the NXT 2.0. Some of the names that are coming over uh, is uh, Charlie Dempsey and Gallus, Wolfgang and Joey Coffey, Mark Coffey. So they're, they're expected to be actually uh, on NXT 2.0 before the end of the month. Now, check this out, Donnie. Listen to this, these wrestlers they released. It's, a, it, it's crazy. So they've released so far Flash Morgan Webster, Wild Boar, Jack Stars, uh, Mark Andrews, Emil, Imola McKenzie, Christy uh, Bosley, the ring announcer, uh, Dave Mastiff, uh, Ashton Smith, uh, Shay Samuels, uh, Nina Samuels, uh, Sam Gradwell, uh, Dana Luna, uh, Primate, uh, Rohan Raha, uh, Kenny Williams, Kenny Williams, wow, uh, Amir Jordan, Trent Stevens, uh, Sid Scala, Eddie Denise, T-Bone, wow, uh, T-Bone, uh, Tyrolman, uh, Exea, uh, Brookside, and uh, Saxon uh, Huxley, which a lot of them names I didn't know, but uh, some of them I did, and they were uh, pretty big stars. Your thought on uh, NXT UK? Well, again, my, my sample size with NXT UK K is kind of small. I haven't watched as much of it as I probably should, but I am familiar with some of these names and I know they were featured prominently on NXT UK programming. I do think it's unfortunate. I, I hate to hear people losing their jobs. Um, but at the end of the day, they're going to be WWE is going to be rebranding as NXT Europe in 2023. And there still remains the possibility that a lot of these talents might be brought back. So as upsetting as it is to hear this talent's gone, that talent's gone. It could just be a temporary thing, and we might see them back in the near future. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I, I tell you, um, Trent Stevens is the one that surprises me. He was a part of the Mustache Stallions or whatever they were called. and uh, Mustache Mountain. All right, buddy, don't correct me. All right, Mustache Mountain. <laughs> Anyways, uh I thought for sure he'd be one of the ones coming over to the U.S. because uh, they had a decent run on the old NXT in the U.S. Uh, back in the day. I, am I mistaken on that, or I'm right about that, right? No, he had he had a really good run. He was uh, tag team partners with Tyler Bate, who was the very first NXT uh, UK champion back then. It was called the WWE UK title, but uh, yeah, I mean they had a they had a big run. They were pretty popular with the fans of NXT UK. 
And, you know, I think what it is is that a lot of the talents, believe it or not, just don't have a desire to uproot their lives and move to the, the U.S. on more of a permanent basis. And, you know, I can I can completely understand that. Uh, I used to I don't even know if you know this about me, but uh, I used to uh, run a call center for uh, uh, a couple call centers for uh, Xerox. And one of them was based in Montego Bay, Jamaica. That's actually the reason why I left them, uh, because I was spending more time in Jamaica than I was in the U.S. Uh, so I can I can completely uh, understand that scenario that them not wanting to uproot and uh move to the u.s uh one of my favorite my favorite wrestler i should say uh he was uh actually made an appearance on the wrestle rant podcast uh and donnie we're gonna have to figure out how to get these guys on our show man sean michaels uh was on wrestle rant podcast uh he commented on the dx faction uh always trying to push the envelope during the attitude era uh, the Heartbreak Kid believes WWE continues to do that now, but in a more socially acceptable way, he said. Uh, quote, and this is from the uh, Heartbreak Kid himself. Uh, quote, one of the things that I enjoyed uh, enjoy about being where I am at the business right now, here, uh, being here in NXT, which is trying to find what is the next level up, pushing that envelope. But doing it in a way that's, you know, I don't know, I guess socially acceptable. Degeneration X did encourage a lot of bad stuff, right? The one thing, <laughs> the one thing I do uh, sort of always say is that ours was a bit more. Uh, ours was not something that was life changing or life ruining. It was just kids getting detention. And man, uh, I, I miss DX. I miss. I miss, I tell you what I miss, Donnie. I miss the factions, the big factions that used to come out and take over shows. I miss that NWO when they first started, before they got like 2,000 members, when they first started out and just taking over shows. Aces and Eights, long time ago on Impact. That's what I miss. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, in WWE at least, Today, you don't have a lot of factions. That That's true. And honestly, I do miss the days of these dominant factions because I was always enthralled when I was younger by the storylines that they had going on. You just didn't know what was going to happen week after week. And there's no question, like Shawn Michaels said, that certain factions pushed the envelope a little too much, took it a little too far at times, and, you know, got in trouble with the FCC or whatever the issue was or parent parent groups like oh you're poisoning my kids minds and everything and people people forget all the time that it's just meant to be entertainment you know it's not meant to offend people it's just you know it's performers out there expressing themselves and at the end of the day if you don't want your kid watching the programming then you shouldn't be letting them watch it absolutely that control starts right at home uh so before we discuss uh, the outcomes on Raw, let's. Uh, I, I was able to uh, get sort of the card for SmackDown tonight. Um, tonight is a pretty huge night. I'm surprised they're really not advertising this more. Uh, Triple H did mention it on Twitter that uh, tonight's SmackDown will be the uh, 1200 episode of the series. 
So um, it, it also it's also been reported uh, that Kevin Owens and Riddle are in Montreal for the show. So the plan was for them to work a dark match at one point, but uh, I they may be brought to light right now what's scheduled. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Also, NXT 2.0 uh, Women's Tag Team Champions, Toxic Attraction, uh, may also be in Montreal for the show. Uh, there was talk about 24 hours ago internally about bringing them in between Triple H and Creative. That's interesting. The Viking Raiders are going <laughs> to... I love this. I love this. I love this. The Viking Raiders are going to hold on SmackDown tonight. I can't wait to watch it. The Viking Funeral for New Day. Woo! It's about time. <laughs> really, Donnie? No. Oh, I love that. Uh, I think it's a great... <laughs> I was going to say, really? No, no comment on that? I know you're a New Day guy. <laughs> Well, I, I was kidding around a little bit last week. I, I mean, I'm a fan of the talent that's a part of New Day. But, you know, has the gimmick gotten a little old at, at the end of the day? It, it definitely has. But Viking Raiders, I mean, those guys, I, I, I also think personally are caricatures. And, you know, they need to they need to just, you know, put them in a time capsule and send them back to 1993 or whatever uh, at a time when they were really would have been over with the crowd. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also the WWE Women's Tag Team title tournament continues. Uh, Natalia and Sonya Deville versus Zoe Stark and uh, Nikita Lyons. Now, one thing is, is Natalia's partner is not, if you've noticed, is switched because her original partner has COVID. So they won't be uh, they won't be there with her, which I think was Tamina Snuka. So uh, also. Uh, Roman Reigns and Drew Lynch to be face to face. I don't know why they keep putting this Drew Lynch guy on every single episode. Oh my goodness, he was on Raw and now he's on SmackDown. He's supposed to be on SmackDown again. I mean, just give it up. Stop trying to push this guy so hard. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's already happened. He's been WWE champion twice. So whether you like it or not. Drew McIntyre has made it to the top of the mountain. Yeah, well, I wish he'd go back to Impact, something I don't watch. So, um, all right, so uh, let's uh, let's talk about a little bit about Raw. Um, so, uh, Asuka and uh, her tag team partner, uh, they uh, they actually beat Dewdrop and uh, uh, that superhero chick. I uh, can't. Alexa Bliss was Oscar's partner, by the way. Uh, uh, Nikki something. Uh, anyways, Oscar uh, got Dewdrop, the big girl, uh, in the Oscar lock, and actually made her submit. So that was pretty. Uh, that was that was a decent match, I guess. Uh, I really enjoyed the the next match, um, and we'll talk about it. It was the Miz and uh, Champa versus Cedric Alexander and uh, Mustafa Ali. Champa hits the fairy tale ending on Ali for the victory, and I thought that was a way to go. I, I thought that was great. Your thoughts? You know, I'm, you know, I was just going to say I'm actually kind of surprised, considering that we have the Triple H regime now. I'm surprised that Champa is still paired up with the Miz at this point. I guess to some degree they wanted to maintain some continuity. They didn't want to just have one week he's 
he's walking out to the ring with the Miz, and then the next week he's just all of a sudden out on his own. So I guess I kind of understand that. Um, I, I mean, they definitely booked it right, and I'm glad that Ciampa got the big got the big win on uh, Raw. But but there's one thing I want to backtrack for a second on. Can we please, please, please stop calling her Dewdrop? I hate that name. I have hated it since day one. Her name is Piper Niven. Give her her name back, please. She was also uh, voted or something like, or Viper, Viper in the independent circuit as well. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't understand you, Donnie. I, I really don't on this Miz Champa thing because the Miz is the most must-see superstar on WWE. So, of course, if you want Ciampa to come up right and be a champion, he needs to come up under the meet the Miz. I, I just don't understand your disconnect there, my friend. Because the Miz is a has his reality TV show now. He makes tons of money off of that. As far as I'm concerned, he can just retire and go do that for the rest of his career or host Wipeout or whatever show he's hosted. The Miz is one of the most... Not must see overrated superstars in WWE history. Bite your tongue, sir. Bite your tongue, Miz. <laughs> he's way too young to retire. Oh, don't get me started. Uh, I can't even believe you said Miz and retire in the same sentence. Anyways, we better move on. We better move on. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, versus Drew McIntyre. So the match ended in a disqualification because the Usos hit the ring once again and attacked uh, McIntyre. McIntyre is able to fight off the Usos, but Owens hits McIntyre with a stunner. Owens tells the Usos to tell their tribal chief that he owes him one before leaving. The Usos try to attack McIntyre again, but McIntyre, of course, where they're trying to put this guy over, clears the ring. He tells the Usos to warn Reigns. He'll be on SmackDown this Friday, of course. Uh, yeah, so that was actually a, a really good match between Owens and McIntyre. They went back and forth and back and forth, and uh, uh, I really I hate the way it ended. I think, uh, you know, they're one to Owens. It's time to start putting him over again, and uh, they should have just let him win that match fair and square. Well, I think right now, once again, they want to try to make Drew McIntyre look strong for his matchup with Roman Reigns, they have to quote unquote, protect him, which I understand, you know, it's, it's smart booking, but I do agree with you that I feel like over the last few months, they've been trying to do as much as they can to build up Kevin Owens again. I mean, obviously he had that match at WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, the, the guy came out of retirement for it. Nobody was expecting a match and they got a match, which was great. And, you know, Kevin Owens put him over and made him look good despite 19 years of ring rust. Um, and Owens, I, I always think Owens has been a really talented competitor. I haven't always been a fan of his booking. It's been super inconsistent over the years, but he was booked really well in NXT. He was booked really well when he first came to the main roster. Have we forgotten that he was the second ever universal champion in the history of the belt? So give the guy credit where credit's due and throw him a bone and treat him like he's a star yeah and he is a star and oh i hate to correct you my friend but i need to correct you uh actually finn balor was the first 
ever Universal Champion, then Seth Rollins, and then Kevin Owens. You are you are correct. I I I did forget about that. Yeah, uh, boom shakalaka. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> and then on Raw, uh, Seth Rollins comes out. Speaking of the uh, second Universal Champion. Uh, he comes out because Riddle is supposed to give his health update. And Riddle, during, the, uh, during his interview, he reveals that he's actually at Raw. And before running down the ramp, the pair brawl a bit. Uh, Rollins escapes into the crowd. Riddle chases after him. But here's, we- here's what's really weird. Uh, but then, like, Seth gets so far ahead of him. And then Riddle, being Riddle, uh, stops and starts posing for the crowd. I mean, this guy, the one thing he did do backstage, and we actually uh, said it was a rumor last episode, uh, he did challenge, and it is official now, he will be facing Seth Rollins at a match at Clash at the Castle. Uh, but that was, I just thought that was weird, Donnie, him stopping, stopping the chase full strive and start posing for the crowd. It was weird. Well, I mean, Riddle's a weird guy. We know he, uh, we know he partakes in some uh, recreational stuff in his spare time, and that definitely, uh, that definitely reminds me a lot of uh, Rob Van Dam from back in the day. But uh, he's he's got a little bit of an edge to him that people seem to rarely see on television because he's always got to maintain the whole "yo bro" kind of kind of persona. But I'm looking forward to this match because both guys are great competitors probably two of the best on the roster right now if i'm being perfectly honest and uh it's going to be interesting to see who goes over in the match i almost feel like because seth rollins has been putting so many people over in recent months that he needs to get a victory here at clash of the castle because there's no reason to not have seth in some sort of title picture in fact honestly he'd be a great opponent for bobby lashley at this point in time yeah, and I tell you, the prediction I made when they were supposed to, before the uh, match got canceled at SummerSlam, I'm going to make the same prediction for uh, Clash at the Castle. This match will be the show stealer. It's going to steal the show. That's my prediction. I don't disagree with that. All right, and then we had uh, Ver Mahan uh, versus uh, Keller. Uh, Mahan easily picks up the win uh, with the uh, uh, cervical clutch. Uh, That guy, you know, they're making him out to be like a Goldberg or something. I mean, he destroyed the uh, Mysterios single-handedly. Ever since he's came back with the new look and everything, they really, and like he's not a part of, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, You know who I'm talking about. The guy used to be a champion. He's he's from India too. Uh, the modern day Maharaja, Jinder Mahal. Right. So every you are, you you are forgiven for forgetting his name, sir. So, yeah, I never was a fan, so it was easy for me to forget that name. Anyways, uh, since uh, he has separated from him, they've pretty much made this guy untouchable. I mean, he's won every single match. Uh, what what do you think? What is the uh, what, what what's the draw here? What's the end game? What's going on here? I mean, I mean, look, I'm all for 
pushing new talent, which I which I've said repeatedly on the show, and I'm still kind of up in the air with this guy. I don't I don't really know. Is this guy going to be a big deal in the near future, or is this just a little phase where he's going to pick up a bunch of wins and then he's going to slowly become an enhancement talent? I feel like it could go either way at this point. As far as the actual appeal, I mean, I did a little bit of research about this guy, and apparently he at one point was a major league baseball player. He was a major prospect. I forget if he was a pitcher or an outfielder or what he was. But he eventually left baseball and eventually kind of stumbled into wrestling. And like I said, they paired him up with Jinder, as you said earlier. And now they kind of have him wrestling as a solo wrestler. And, you know, we'll see. But <laughs> jury's still out on Veer Mahan. Yeah, I can say one thing. Uh, if if they really want to give this guy a push, uh, he needs a manager because he cannot do a promo <laughs> at all, man. Have you heard him talk? I have not. Yeah, you're not missing anything, brother. <laughs> I can promise you that. Uh, then we had a United States Championship uh, match, which uh, totally just ticked me off. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus the great, phenomenal AJ Styles. Bobby Lashley counters the phenomenal forearm into a spear for the win and successfully retains his title. Yes, I know they want to keep a title on big old Bobby, but, man... AJ Styles is such a such a phenomenal wrestler, and he's better. And no pun intended, he he's better than Bobby Lashley. I, I really, I this was one of those matches where I felt like throwing the remote at the television. I just couldn't believe it. Well, one thing I one thing I agree with. There's there's two schools of thought here. I do agree with you that AJ Styles is one of the best talents of the last say twenty years or so. We've talked repeatedly about how he had amazing success and impact and in WWE. And I was all for this matchup. I love the combination of speed against strength. But you must understand that the almighty is restoring prestige to the United States Championship right now. I mean, before that, it was with that weasel Austin Theory, or excuse me, just he's just Theory now. Bobby Lashley is building up this title and making it a big deal once again. Okay. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if AJ Styles had that title, I think it would be even more pristine, in my opinion. Um, we also got to see Dakota Kai in singles competition versus Dana Brooke. Uh, Dakota gets the win with a big boot to the face. Um, I thought that was a decent match. I thought that uh, uh, they would have paired her in her first singles match against somebody a little bit better than Dana Brooks. Um, but, you know, I, I'm still glad to see her there. I'm glad to see her part of Bailey's faction. And uh, I look for big things from Dakota Kai on the main roster. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, she always had a lot of potential in NXT. And, I mean, I think she had been rumored to come up to the main roster multiple times, much like Bailey had pitched this idea for her own faction to Vince McMahon on multiple occasions, and she kept getting turned down. It's kind of funny how she pitches it to Triple H, and immediately he's on board with it. The women's division needed Bailey's faction, is my opinion. They they needed it, and I'm glad Triple H went with it. Uh, and then the last match was uh, Theory, your buddy, versus uh, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, 
Theory is actually able to win this match. He countered uh, fair and square, by the way. He counted a famouser from Ziggler uh, in his famouser, which was downtown or A-town or whatever it is, uh, for the win. Um, I thought that was a good match. I thought that was a match that Theory actually needed. Uh, if they're going to do anything at all with this guy now that Vince is gone, because uh, it actually showed some of his talent. And Dolph Ziggler is such an amazing talent. He has a way when he puts people over to make them look better than they actually are. And uh, he is the, uh, you know, he is the benchmark on the WWE, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Dolph has always been a great talent. And, I mean, let's be honest. Theory in the grand scheme of things, you know, he he might be a talented, uh, I called him a weasel before, you know, he might be a talented young prospect. He really isn't good enough to wipe the uh to wipe the dirt off of Dolph Ziggler's boots. Dolph Ziggler could outwrestle him any day of the week. But you know, he got the sne- he got the sneaky little win and you know, he countered uh, the the finishing move and all that. You know, I, I I wanted to see Dolph just super kick his face off personally. Well, now hold up there now. Uh he won that match fair and square. Now, I know that uh <laughs> I, I I I mean I give Dolph Ziggler his props because he's he's a veteran and been around a while, but uh, I don't think that it was hands down he can out-wrestle Theory at all. Uh, they both have junior wrestling backgrounds, and uh, Theory's a lot younger and a lot faster than Dolph. Well, I don't know. I, don't, I, I still think uh, Dolph uh, can keep up with the young guys pretty well, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't have anything against Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I liked him and Rude as tag team partners, and I liked him when he went to NXT for a while and took the belt, and uh, I, I liked all that. So, I mean, I don't have anything negative to say about Dolph Ziggler. I'm just saying, man, you got to leave my boy Theory alone, buddy. <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, so AEW Dynamite. Wow. A lot happening there. Uh, the return of. And this is truly the best wrestler in the business right now and for the last probably 10 years. Kenny Omega returns to AEW Dynamite. Finally, I got to hear something on that. Yes, 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 yes. Your thoughts, sir? I think it's the shot in the arm the uh, that AEW Dynamite needed. I mean, he was, you know, he he was rehabbing a lot of injuries so he had to take some time off, and 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 it was well earned, quite honestly, because I mean he was the belt collector pretty much prior to him uh, going out with the injury. I mean he had the the Impact title at one point, he had the AAA championship in Mexico. I mean this guy was just on fire, and uh, and and honestly anybody who knocks Kenny Omega, quite honestly, can just take a long walk off a short dock. As far as I'm concerned, uh, no, no disrespect to Jim Cornette, but he is not a, uh, Kenny Omega fan. He never has been. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's great that he's back. I mean, he got, you know, huge ovation from the crowd still looked pretty good in the ring, despite, you know, obviously trying to work off some rust. I think it's great that he's back. You know that I had, uh, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so glad, you know, I had a guest, uh, on here he was actually on here for a few episodes and he actually could not stand uh kenny omega uh called him uh uh, said he wasn't a very good wrestler uh he put on more of a show than a wrestling match 
And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, has this dude ever watched New Japan Pro Wrestling? I've seen Kenny Omega in some of the best classical matches uh, I've ever seen. And I'm talking about they rank right up there with Flair and Steamboat. Uh, him and Okada, man. I mean, I've seen some matches between uh, him and a, a few people that are just, uh, you know, just amazing. Uh, one, one, one thing I was going to say, just not to cut you off, Kentucky guy, but the one thing I was going to say is that there's a lot of like old school, um, you know, bookers and people, you know, people who are managers and even wrestlers who don't like the flashy style of today. And there's no question that there are matches that feature a little too many acrobatics and all that stuff. There's, there's no question. And, and I do think, honestly, AEW sometimes suffers from wrestlers trying to make, make, themselves, make the matches look too flashy with all the flips and everything. But then there's guys like Kenny Omega who know how to combine just good old-fashioned technical wrestling with the high-flying stuff, and that's what I really respect. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also on uh, Dynamite, Dynamite was very good. I actually like, I prefer Dynamite this week over Raw, which is the first time I've ever said that. Uh, CM Punk, as we know, is back. Uh, he came back out to the ring, um, kind of pulled one of his pipe, pipe bomb moments. He mentioned a lot of WWE wrestlers' names. Uh, however, John Moxley comes out, and this happened a couple times, and uh, we don't get enough of this anymore in wrestling. These guys fought all over the place. And uh, I, I just, I'm there for it, man. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely felt gritty and real. And, you know, you know, CM Punk obviously has become known for his pipe bombs. And, there, and there's a lot of rumors going around right now. I don't know if you heard them, Kentucky guy. But apparently there's a, it's a little bit of unrest in the AEW locker room because of the fact that CM Punk apparently went off script and called out Hangman Adam Page, and Hangman Adam, Adam Page wasn't actually scheduled to come out, and and he didn't. But the no one told him that Punk was gonna make was gonna make this little challenge to start off his promo, and apparently it got him some heat backstage. Okay, so let's skip down to that part since you brought it up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so yeah, there's been reports of a ton of drama backstage. Uh, there's more drama within AEW aside from the tension between CM Punk and Hangman Page. Dave Meltzer reported uh, in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that there has been a ton of backstage drama involving many of the top guys I'm sorry, that you, has gotten much worse guy. in recent weeks. Meltzer suggested that AEW President Tony Khan is considering having a sit-down meeting with everyone to air everything out before it gets out of hand or much worse. Meltzer also said uh, that uh, added, it feels so like a number of Kentucky people are close to their breaking point if things don't get settled. So that's, uh, you know, that, that kind of relates to what you were just talking about. But, uh, you know, it sounds like there's more uh, going on there than just those two guys, right? Yeah. So. Um, you know, uh, also, MJF, who has not appeared on AEW since uh, the post-double-or-nothing edition of Dynamite, uh, when he cut his famous promo and demanded, and demanded, you know, actually where he, uh, where he demanded that the AEW president, Tony Khan, uh, fire him. 
So now there's speculation that MJF could return and face the winner of the CM Punk versus John Moxley match on next week's AEW Dynamite. Um, man, I think that's going to be awesome uh, if he does come back. Your thoughts? Let me tell you something. This spoiled, entitled, egotistical, whatever you want to call him, quote-unquote wrestling superstar MJF, isn't good enough to share the ring with the likes of CM Punk and John Moxley. So you know what? It's Tony Khan's money. He can do what he wants. But these are the two stars of AEW right now who deserve to be in the main event. This this kid couldn't even beat the TNT champion Wardlow in singles competition and win that title. And yet he wants to walk around with his fancy ring. Like, hey, look at me. I won, I won this championship ring. Yeah, I own a lot of rings. Give me a break, MJF. I, I am, <laughs> I am, uh, I'm insulted. MJF is, <laughs> is one of the best wrestlers in the game right now. And he, if not the best person on promo right now, uh, better than CM Punk ever thought about being on the mic. Uh, dude, are you drinking tonight? I, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Wow. He's a, he's your typical he's your typical millennium upcoming star of the future who thinks oh I'm entitled to this I'm entitled to that CM Punk has taken my spot you know CM Punk taught him a lesson when they fought in that dog collar match and MJF should just should just sit in the back and he should take notes from the the veterans the real stars of the business who paved the way for people like him instead of saying oh i want tony khan to fire me i'm better than all the other former wwe guys in the back no you're not mjf you're still you got a lot to learn about the business okay so once again i have to disagree because during the dog collar match cm punk has said repeatedly that MJF earned every bit of his respect during that match. I mean, bro, I don't know what you have against MJF, but <laughs> I mean, your your thinking on him is 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 flawed. Uh, I mean, the word, and maybe so, but that's also an example of CM Punk showing sportsmanship to his opponent, which is what which is why he is so popular with the fans because. He gives res he gives respect where respect is earned, and yes, in that match, MJF took him to the limit and earned his respect. But Punk has since moved on. He's moved on to bigger and better things, like deciding who is the true, true AEW World Champion in this upcoming match with John Moxley. Yeah, so I'm going to say this again, and I've said it before. I don't know if I've said it since you've been on the show, but CM Punk is overrated. Uh, he definitely has the right name Punk uh, in his name. Uh, he's he's been overrated. He was overrated on WWE, and uh, he's just he's just he's worthless, man, worthless. But we're gonna move on because I know we we'll, we don't agree on that. <laughs> um, so William Regal, uh, we already talked about that. It looks like that uh, NXT UK brand uh, final show is going to be at Worlds Collide on September fourth. Uh, William Regal thanked uh, thanked the uh, NXT UK brand for uh, incredible memories because he is one of the people 
who actually started it. Um, okay, so let's go to uh, also, uh, yeah, so let's see here. AEW announced the World Championship unification match would take place next week on Dynamite, and uh, that's going to be phenomenal that they're going to have that on actual television. This is one thing that Triple H needs to start doing as far as being head of creative for WWE because they don't do it enough. They try to put all their big matches on pay-per-views and not put them on regular TV for the fans. And this is something, this is where Tony Khan is winning in my book, having these type of matches on normal uh, episodes. You know, I don't disagree with you on that, uh, Kentucky guy. I, I, even though I don't think the world title should be defended on like every episode of your weekly show, um, I think there was a point in time back in the day, say like late 90s, early 2000s, where they were defending the WWF title on television way too much. WCW made the same mistake when they were around. Um, And I think it's something that if they did it maybe once a month, maybe once every other month, it would have had more impact. But, um, you know, I do think there's precedent for, there are times when you need to put it on on free television, essentially. Don't just always save it for the pay-per-views. But at the same time, you, you look at the flip side, you want, you want to sell pay-per-views or premium live events, whatever, whatever they are. You want to get more subscribers. So there's a certain school of thought and understanding from a business perspective of just having the main titles defended on the pay-per-views. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Don't you think that AEW needs to do something like WWE did with Peacock or when they had the WWE Network? I think they would get a whole lot more uh, return on their dollar for that. Uh, because I don't watch every AEW pay-per-view because it's uh, it's expensive. So I just wait till, uh, you know, they show it on YouTube. <laughs> so No, I, I totally think that they should hop on, for lack of a better word, the streaming bandwagon. And whether, I, I mean, they probably wouldn't be able to get a deal with Peacock. But if there's another company that they can partner up with, I think it'd be a, a big deal for them. They would They would get a ton of more people who would want to watch their programming. And uh, and their premium events. Yeah, and, you know, they're already partnered with uh, Hulu. You can watch Hulu, uh, their Dynamite and Rampage episodes on there. So, yeah, I mean, speaking of Rampage, uh, I do have the uh, card for tonight. It looks like the uh, AEW World Tag Team Championships are going to be on the line. Uh, Swerve and Our Glory uh, is going to face Private Party. We know how that's going to end. I mean, is there really any discussion? Private Party hasn't been relevant for how long now? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you, you would think that, and this is kind of what I go back to, is that you can tell they're still treating Rampage like it's not as big of a deal as Dynamite because to have this sort of throwaway tag team match, and not to take away from Private Party and say that they're not talented, but... I'd rather see a team like the acclaimed challenging swerve in their glory right now than private party. If this was AEW two years ago, then I could see private party challenging for the belts, but not at this stage. Yep. I, yep. 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 I agree hundred percent. Uh, yeah. And I think that they are, uh, I think they're missing a boat, the boat big time by not putting titles around, uh, Andrade and, uh, his partner, Roosh. Uh, those guys are, uh, they're up and comers, and uh, I mean they're phenomenal 
if you go if you go watch if you're a fan of a triple a like i am they're already top stars there and uh i think they're missing a boat by not putting titles around those two i really do um the ftw championship is going to be defended hook versus some guy named zach clayton uh hook will destroy this guy in, in my opinion no doubt I see Hook is one of those young guys that I can appreciate and say this this guy is going to be a big player if he if he plays his cards right you know in as time goes on. He's still super young, he's still kind of green, but not green in the sense that you don't see the talent developing. You've already seen a lot of uh you've already seen him improve over the last several months. And yeah, I mean this is going to be an easy win for Hook. I don't think this match is going to go more than 2 or 3 minutes. I think it's going to be a quick choke out victory for hook yep he is taz's boy and uh you know he's uh i think he's going to be bigger than taz was uh taz was phenomenal now when taz came to wwe they acted like uh he was going to be you know they were going to give him a really good push they didn't they really didn't uh he was on the announce table before you knew it but in ecw the trues i always say ecw was truly taz uh, shoo, man, he was phenomenal. And I think Hook is going to be probably a bigger star uh, than him uh, in, in time to come. We'll see. Uh, also, AEW World Trios Championship Tournament, first round, uh, Trustbusters, uh, Aria Devare, uh, Slim J, and Parker uh, versus Best Friends, Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, and Chuck Taylor. Um, I look for... Uh, you know, they've got to do something with uh, Parker, right? I mean, this guy, his his showing last week uh, was just crazy, uh, phenomenal. He destroyed him. Uh, and I think that uh, probably, you know, Beretta or probably Chuck Taylor, more than likely, uh, will get uh, pinned and lose this match. I don't see them letting uh, Orange Cassidy lose. So... This is what I think is gonna gonna happen. Now I'm not saying this is what should happen. Um, I see uh, I see the Trustbusters taking the loss here, just because of the popularity of Orange Cassidy. I don't think the best friends are as popular as Orange Cassidy is personally, and I mean I think that this would be a mistake because they're trying to build up Parker Boudreaux as being this big monster. Um, if anything, he's he's the guy who should get the pinfall win for the Trustbusters. But it's probably going to be one of those things where he's going to be like distracted on the outside and either Arya Davari or Slim J is going to take the pinfall loss just because of the popularity of the other three. I do like the Best Friends theme song. I, w- I will tell you that that gets stuck in my head all the time. But I, I would have Trustbusters win this match personally. Yeah, and I mean, it really it doesn't matter anymore because your AEW World Trios Championship it's going to be around the waist of the elite now that Kenny Omega's back. It's going to be the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Uh, I dare you to disagree, sir. I, I don't disagree. I think it's a foregone conclusion, personally. I mean, who else are you going to put it on if you think about it? Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, I mean, and, that, and they deserve it as well. I mean, they started with the company. And I wondered, I couldn't understand why the Young Bucks would drop the belt to this big old Keith Lee guy, uh, for lack of better terms. Uh, I couldn't understand why. And then 
Now it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. Uh, also, uh, Athena, we know her by Amber Moon. Uh, she's going to face Penelope Ford. I really don't care about that match. Either one can win as far as I'm concerned. And then Claudio, the overrated Ring of Honor world champion, uh, is going to be on tonight's Rampage. Just to talk, uh, I'm probably, I will probably, that'll probably be the end of the night for me. I'll probably turn it off because I can't stand to hear this guy talk. Uh, he's overrated, and man, oh, man, Ring of Honor, if you ever want to get back into the limelight, get you a real-world champion, in my opinion. So I'm going to pretend that I didn't hear you say those remarks about Claudio. In fact, it's upset me so much that I actually had to give my personal friend Claudio Castagnoli your personal address so that he could come over there and swing, for lack of a better word, some sense into you. You know, I will take him on. I will take that guy on. I can't. I don't care if he does speak twenty different languages. He is. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, sir, that is all I have for this episode. How about you? That is all I have for this episode. It's been fun as always. Always, always. Yep, we have a good time. Uh, once again, we want to thank you all for joining us and listening in. Uh, you've been listening to Against the Match. A wrestling podcast with your co-hosts, Kentucky Guy and Donnie Cage. Hey, tune in Monday for a brand new episode. A lot to report on after SmackDown and Rampage. And who knows what else might just happen before then. All right, guys, have a wonderful day. As always, God bless and God bless America. <laughs>